Non-stop shock radio. The station that shocks you. Renegade Talk Radio. Good afternoon, Renegade Nation. Renegade Talk in Las Vegas, where we don't sugarcoat shit. My name is Richie, along with Marla. Today's a special day here at Renegade. We got Hedrick Smith, the uh, former author, not the former author, the former writer of the New New York Times, also the author of Who Stole the American Dream, and that's what we're going to be talking about today, reclaiming the American dream and getting it back to the people. And if you don't know Hedrick's background... There's a lot. He served with the New York Times, won Pulitzer Prizes for the Pentagon Papers, won a Pulitzer Prize for international reporting from Russia and Eastern Europe. He's on PBS, PBS Frontline. He's been on TED on uh, YouTube. He's all over He's the place. He's everywhere. He's everywhere. <laughs> so we're, we're happy to have him on again. He's been on a, a three or four times here at Running Gate. So he's going to explain to you about reclaiming the American dream and getting it back to the people. And that's what he's going to do. Hi, Hedrick. How are you? Richie, it is always great to be with you and Marla. I'm really glad to be back. I'm um, happy to hear you're on the on, on this side of the big ocean. Yeah, we're uh, on this side of the big ocean. Yeah, yeah, we're getting closer to DC. We're a little closer to you. <laughs> well, now. No, I, would, I don't mean that. I, I oh. don't want to go that far, but, but closer to <laughs> the rest you. of us over here, not not out there in the island. Right. Yeah. Well, we we left the islands back in the fall and decided we we needed to come back to the mainland. So here we Good. are. Well, the island well, will always be you're there. You're welcome. We're happy to have you. Yeah, well, I'm happy to be back. Thank it, you. it was culture well, he's shock. He's thanking us. <laughs> hey, Edward, it was culture shock. I came back and I couldn't believe uh, Red Pepper was. How cold it was. Yeah, well, it was cold, but a Red Pepper was 50 cents for a pepper over there. In Hawaii, it was six ninety nine a pound. It was nuts. Anyway. Wow. So, yeah, yeah, it was really, crazy. really bad. Anyway, Renegade Nation, Hendrick's you, been on. Yeah, the thing about Hawaii is you still got parts of the American dream out there. We're having trouble <laughs> catch, catching up with it here on the mainland. Yeah, there's only little parts That's of it over there. so true. It's so true. Anyway, so Renegade Nation is a treat to have Hedrick back on. We've had him on several times before. A lot of people, a lot of you guys have listened to him. And he has come up with a new website called ReclaimTheAmericanDream.org. We will have it posted on, on the uh, site. And uh, you need to go there, but Hedrick, Rick's going to explain to us and go through detail about reclaiming your American dream and why you're not getting what you're supposed to have. Hedrick, yes, Marlon. And I'd like to know, what about things like these riots in Baltimore? What is is this going to, I mean, it's it's erupted into rioting, but what what is the deep, dark cause of this, Hedrick? Uh, Ma, I'm here having a little trouble oh, getting that out, but I'm I did sorry. get Richie talking about reclaiming the American dream, and there's no question that the average guy and gal, uh, Joe Sixpack and um, Janet Sixpack, have been taking it on the charts for the last 30 years. Uh, money has been, we all know, has been going to the top 1%, actually to the top 0.1%, or even the top 0.01%. And the middle class has been stagnating, and that bugs me. That's why I wrote the book, Who Stole the American Dream? And I figured we better work on it, figure out how to get something back. Uh, you know, raise the minimum wages, get worker-friendly CEOs, uh, you know, uh, get things moving in a way uh, where people can have some power. And here we got these runaway super PACs and mega money in the campaigns. Got to do something about that. 
I remember when that was passed, uh, Hedrick, back in 2010, and a lot of people were raving about it. You know, they were they were pissed off then, and I think a lot of people have forgotten about what happened in 2010 when the Supreme Court uh, let that open up and all of this money came flowing in. And I think that's one of the biggest problems is that the the banksters in New York and they're controlling the media and they're controlling a lot of different things. And this is the reason we have these problems. And and of course. It, it, it hasn't changed. And, and I, they, I, I, some people are trying to change it like yourself, trying to get it back where you can only put a certain amount of money in. And as I go through your website, I found a, a, quite a few things that were quite interesting about how this money laundering is being uh, split between these political parties and how it's all how it's all like, uh, what do they call black? What's that word? Black? Uh, dark money. Dark money. Yeah, the dark, dark money. Dark money. And nobody talks about the dark money. The media doesn't talk about dark money because they're part of it. But Renegade Nation, when you look into it and you see what Hedrick has written, uh, we need to fix our political system. It's broken. The economy isn't fair. Uh, Washington, uh, we keep on telling Washington to fix things. We voted the Republicans in. Washington's been corrupted by mega money, which is that dark money, and captured by the crony capitalism. And that's what this site is all about. So, uh, Hedrick, so how do you You put your finger on it, Richie. Uh, it was not just a decision in 2010, but the big decision in 2010 was important. Um, uh, Citizens United, what the Supreme Court did was say there could be unlimited spending on politics by corporations and unions, but the unions are peanuts compared to the corporations from their own treasuries. And what's amazing about that decision is the corporate money into politics was first banned in America in 1907. 1907. So that decision in 2010 overturned over a century, a century of American law, uh, Supreme Court decisions, uh, federal regulations, an effort to keep big corporate money out of campaigns. So, so they turned it over. And it's just exploded. You're seeing it now in the super PACs. Uh, at the moment, uh, you know, and, and I'm not picking on anybody in terms of either party. Both parties are totally in this game up to their eyeballs. Okay? So, so, Hedrick, so basically they're both up to it, it into their eyeballs of this and they want to keep that control and that power and they don't want anybody else to come in. And you and, got it. You why, got why, it. why is so they want to keep us as peasants and they want to keep us poor and they want to keep us in place and they just keep on reaping all the money by passing their laws. And the Supreme Court has to be on the take somehow too to let this happen. I well, remember. I don't know whether I don't know whether they're on the take, but they're they're blind as bats. You got situations now where you got these super PACs that actually, you know, in the last election you had Obama's pack, you had Mitt Romney's pack. Now you got Jeb Bush's pack. You got uh, Ted Cruz's pack. You got Hillary Clinton's pack. Everybody's got a pack, right? But the Supreme Court says those things don't have any limits on the amount of money they can spend and the amount of money they can raise because they're quote independent unquote of the candidates. That is, the candidates are not actually running them every day. It's nonsense. They are in fact. I mean, Jeb Bush has been running around the country raising money for his super PAC, which is going to spend the money as if it was in his campaign. But because the Supreme Court says technically they're independent because uh, Jeb Bush is not the head of it. He's not the named head of it on paper. Mm-hmm. There's no contract. They're saying, well, that's independent. So that doesn't count. They can do whatever they want. They can so- spend umpteen millions without any regulation about the amount of money they can spend. So, Hedrick, you're, so, you're, so basically you're saying it's secret, out-of-state, dark money's flowing through these campaigns, through these there super PACs. There are two packs. things going on. There are two things going on. They're, they're, one is the so-called independent expenditures, the outside expenditures, the super PACs. That's just unlimited money. 
And there's a second thing going on which is related to that, but even worse, and that's dark money where we can't even tell who the hell is putting the money up. Who's who's standing? Who's buying the politicians? Who's standing behind them in terms of money? If you know who's, if you know Wall Street is backing some senator, then you know he's going to get into office or she's going to get into office, and they're going to vote the way the banks want them to. Exactly. If it's the oil companies, if it's the drug companies, uh, you know whoever it is. It's very important to know who's standing behind them in terms of money, and they don't want you to know. That's why they got this dark money. So the dark money, money I mean, Hedrick, the dark money could be also described as laundered money. You don't know. It's like the mob. They must have taken lessons from the mobsters or the banksters back in the early days, how to launder money through these different these different tunnels, and they're all coming in from, to, to out of state and in state, and nobody knows where, where the, who's, who's giving the money and where the money's going. There was a case in California in the 2012 election where there were a couple of items on the California ballot. One was to bar unions from getting too much involved in political campaigns. Another one was on the tax issue. And there were a bunch of people in California, and they didn't really want people to know they were backing uh, or they were opposing these things. Mm-hmm. So they shipped the money out. They made, they put the money in a Coke, uh, the Coke Brothers, Coke-backed organization in um, Virginia. And then they rooted it back into California through New Mexico and through Iowa. Uh, and so you couldn't tell where the money came from. And the, and the California people actually caught up with them. They outed the Koch brothers network. They took it before the courts. They went to the Supreme Court. Jerry Brown made a big issue of it in the campaign. And they actually stopped it. Uh, it was $15 million on, on, on some relatively minor issues. $15 million bucks on some relatively minor issues is a lot of money, even in a state like California. They outed it, and in fact, the, the, the dark money got beaten. But it only got beaten because it got outed. So California is kind of ahead of the rest of us, ahead of the rest of the states. And there's a great story on my website about how they did it who the guys were, what their names were, how they ran it, how they moved the money. I mean, you can actually watch the channels, the money moving around underground, like underground waterways, you know, and caverns and caves and da, 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 around. And then it comes back out and pops up in California. And then there's a big fuss. And then California passed a really smart law to try to catch this stuff in the future. And they're way ahead of the game. We need to learn from California. Nevada needs to learn. Connecticut, Wisconsin, Illinois, Ohio, Pennsylvania, you name it, all Florida, all across the country, figure out how to get the dark money out so we can see whose hand, you know, who's the, who's the Edgar Bergen running the Charlie McCarthy? Yeah, exactly. Who's running the money the, the money through? Is there, has, there, has there been any ripple effects in other states in regards to uh, California's new disclosure laws? No, I, I'm. This one of the things I'm trying to do on my webpage is tell a story about how California did it, uh, so that people can go to reclaimtheamericandream.org, and then if you're in some other state, you can say, "All right, here's where we need to go. Go get the California law. This is how it works. This is how it looks. This is how they did it. We can do it here." But I, you know, my theory is if we can just get that information out. And that, and people are angry about this. They'll do something about it. Well, yeah. I, I mean, I'm angry about it. And I know it's been going on since 2010, probably before that, uh, you know, under the uh, table. Well, it was going on before that, but it took off. In 2006, listen to these numbers. It's amazing. In 2006, dark money we were talking about, this money you can't trace, $5.2 million. By 2012, over $308 million. This next election is going to be way over half a billion. Oh, yeah. It's just skyrocketing. 
Um, and this goes for Democrats and Republicans, Renegade Nation. Both of them, absolutely. Both, both of them. them. We're, we're talking here common sense down the middle. Both of these organizations are doing this to get that power. And we're sitting here trying to figure out what the hell's going on. The mainstream media doesn't tell you anything. The ostrich media, they don't tell you shit. And so it's the alternative media that it, uh, goes into detail um, and where Hedrick comes in and explain, explains to you and you go to the website and read about this and tell your friends to go to the website and take a look at it and read it and tell your friends on Facebook and Twitter and uh, on the social media, you need to do this. You need to find out about the dark money. I didn't even know. I knew about it, but I really didn't know the, the how, how, well, how so hard bad. it was. It's, it's so really bad. bad. Yeah. And you know, Richie, the thing about it is people have a feeling about this. They know something rotten is going on. They can smell the cheese is rotten in the state of Denmark, you know, mm-hmm. just, so to speak, but they don't really know the roots of it. And, and the genius of what California did is they have this big argument. They started out writing the laws to, to regulate them and to, so you could see what was going on in the campaigns. They said, all right, if you're a political committee, you have to report to the Federal Election Commission what you raise and what you spend. So what do they do? A whole bunch of organizations say, we're not political committees. We're social welfare committees. Mm-hmm. We're like the Boy Scouts. We're, we're just goody two-shoes. We're over here. Well, it turns out they're raising hundreds of millions of dollars, and they're not, they're not reporting it. They're not revealing because they're saying we're not, we're not political committees. We're not involved in the campaign, which is baloney. I mean, it's worse than baloney. It's a flat-out lie. But what California did is they passed a very simple law. They said, we don't care whether you call yourself a social welfare committee, a political committee, or a man in the moon committee, or women in the moon committee. If you spend $50,000 in a California election, you got to report. Anything over $50,000, you got to report. We don't care what you call. I, That's what we need in the federal. That's what we need in other states. Simple. I mean, because what's going on is a lot of people are hiding under this idea I'm not a political it's, 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 Hedrick, it's, a, it's like a cancer. It, 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 and it spreads. It you got it. And, you got it. And people out there, the, the, you don't know who is behind the person that you're voting for. You don't know what um, bankster or what the lobbyist or what group, oil, banking, whatever it is. And you don't know. You're not getting the truth. And this is where the truth comes to from that 2010 Supreme Court ruling. Hey, we're going to take a break. When we come back, I want to talk about uh, the student debt. You have that on your site. And that's a oh. big stink right now. How they, I mean, it's part of this. I was, I was, I, I couldn't believe reading about the University of Phoenix, how they have taken the money. The banksters have done such a phenomenal job of stealing this money and you got to pay it back. When we come back, Hedrick's going to explain to us the financial cancer that's going on in America when it comes to relieving uh, the student uh, debt. And you're going to be really shocked at this when you hear about it. It's just amazing. And again, the media doesn't report on any of this stuff. You don't know anything that's going on behind the scenes. We'll be right back with Hedrick Smith. Early morning yesterday I was up before the dawn And I really have enjoyed my stay But I must be moving on Like a king like a queen without a throne I'm a Are your freedoms being destroyed? Like free speech? Shut up! Then fucking stay here and be blunt about it Shut up! Will you shut up? Be right back Welcome back, Renegade Nation, Renegade Talk in Vegas, where we don't sugarcoat shit. We have Hedrick Smith on, the author of Who Stole the American Dream? We're talking about the reclaiming the American Dream 
And we have Marla here, which we're having some difficult uh, technical difficulties. I don't know but why. I'm still here. But you're still here. She's here in heart and soul. We need her. Yes, we need her. We need Marla. <laughs> And take your baby by the hill And do the next thing that you feel We were so in advice Anyway, Renegade Nation, welcome to the show. Hedrick Smith, uh, Pulitzer Prize winning reporter from the New York Times, uh, wrote the book, Who Stole the American Dream? And that's what we're talking about, reclaiming the American dream. You need to pass this show to everybody you know. And we're going to be talking about the financial cancer that's ripping apart America and it has been ripping apart America for a long, long period of time. And really, nobody really talks about this. I don't see any of the political figures, Republican or Democrat, talking about it. And the college education, long a prime aspiration of the American dream, is in jeopardy, Renegade Nation, today because of massive student debt that has become a financial cancer with lethal consequences and for the entire nation. It's hurting us. This, this college education mess is hurting us, and Hedrick's gonna explain why we need to fix this uh, financial disaster that has been thrown upon us. And Hedrick, please explain to the audience why we need to get this under control. Well, you know, Richie, when you stop and think about what people want out of life, they want a decent life and a decent job and a good home, and they want to know that if they have a health disaster or they're in retirement, they're not going to be in poverty. And they want their kids to have a better life. They want their kids to have a shot at college, uh, to have a shot at really rising up the ladder of the American dream, right? Right, the American so dream. College is, college is the heart of it. Well, it used to be that, that we spent more of our public money state money, helping state uh, universities and state colleges and community colleges so middle-class families, working families could afford to send their kids to college. Yeah, they had to pay some, but, you know, in-state tuition was lower than if you were from out of state, and if you went to a public university, it was less expensive than if you went to a private one. So the whole idea was this is the escalator. This is the ladder up. This is the way you build your future. And what's happened is this has become a disaster area for America, for the next generation, and for middle-class families. Student debt today is $1.2 trillion. I mean, it's just enormous. Wow. It, 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 it is bigger than credit card debt. Student debt is bigger than credit card debt all over the country. That's it is rising at the rate of $100 billion a year. $100 billion a year, Renegade Nation. This is why we're having problems. Listen. Uh, no, people can't afford it. And what's gone on is that there, there are there have been private lenders that have been making a lot of money off student debt. And and take the University of Phoenix. It's a private university. Most of its students, ninety percent or more of its students, are scholarship students who are getting federal aid. More than ninety percent of the money going to the University of Phoenix is coming from from taxpayers. It's taxpayers who are funding loans, federal loans, to students. And what are these guys doing? <laughs> they're making a hell of a lot of money. The CEO is making multi-million dollars salary. And they're marketing that if you come to Phoenix University, you're going to have a great career. Uh, you're going you're to get the skills you need to move on up. Sounds good. That's what we want. But the track record is terrible. Something like, they have something like a, a 
50% dropout rate. Yeah, I'm reading that right now on the website, Renegade Nation. If you go to, the, and this will be all on the Renegade site, but the largest for-profit Renegade Nation, the largest for-profit university and the largest recipient of taxpayer subsidies. $3.4 billion in fiscal 2012 is the University of Phoenix. The enrollment as of 2009 was 470,000 people. Now, between 2009 and 2013, it received, listen to this, nearly $1 billion in tuition assistance for Iraq and Afghan veterans. And one study found out that it spent as much as $600 million a year on advertising. And that's right, Hedrick. All all I see is University of Phoenix ads all over the place on the internet, billboards, <laughs> television, radio. They spend a shitload of money. And it is rich. I got to tell you, I got to tell you, they're getting $3.4 billion in taxpayer subsidies. $3.4 billion that we're paying into. And look at what we're getting. And they're spending $600 million on ads. I mean, and their graduation rate is 50%. The graduate, wait, whoa, whoa. The, gra- the student withdrawal rate is over 60%. That's, More than one in four students default on their loans within three years. I mean, it is. This is just what a racket a this is. Mill. This is a great racket, man. It, yeah, I mean, I mean, you got Tom Harkin, who was a senator from Iowa for a long time. He was head of the Senate Education Committee. He said, you know, it began as a college completion school. Actually, it was quite legitimate. It was doing, but then after a while, they went, they went the, uh, onto the market, and they became a for-profit company. And as Harkin says, they're on the hook to Wall Street. I think that really turned this company. It's when they started going to Wall Street, started raising hedge fund money, and then they had to meet quarterly reports, and all they were interested in, basically, was how much money. Well, that's what the investors want. How much money are you making? So we're feeding into the University of Phoenix with taxpayer money. They're taking the money and advertising out all over the place to get more money coming in. What a friggin' racket this is. Holy shit. And this, I mean, is gonna, and, and, and this is going on not just with the University of Phoenix, but a lot of these publicly uh, public uh, universities around the country. Is that right? Yeah, it's, these are for-profit universities. For-profit universities. Be careful of. I mean, most of the colleges and most of the students in this country are going to public universities. You know, the University of Nevada, Reno. Uh-huh. You know, I, I actually, I was out there. I, I was out at UNR and I gave some talks to the journalism school and that kind of stuff out there. Mm-hmm. University of Washington, University of California, University of Massachusetts, University of Florida, University of Virginia, University of Wisconsin. Public school systems, you know, where there's taxpayer money going in to help support the university and there's tuition and that kind of stuff. How do you and qua- it's gone uh, up. The had, tuition's had, gone up. But these are for profit. Hedrick, how do you qua- these- Hedrick, how do you qualify to get into the University of Phoenix as long as you have the money? Is that how you get in? Well, what they do, it's a real game. What they do is they help you find out how to file for a federal student loan. Oh, so you spend a lot of oh. money. They spend a lot of money helping students apply for loans so that they can afford to go there. I mean, they, they, if it weren't for taxpayers, the University of Phoenix wouldn't exist. Wouldn't exist. Oh, so I Obama... Mean, it, 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 so Obama doubled the funding for the Pell program in 2010 through savings and other federal student loan programs, and then Congress has now cut the Pell grants by $5 billion a year. So, the whole idea of Pell grants was to help the kids who were coming from the poorest families who couldn't afford to go. At one point, at one point about 15 or 20 years ago, the Pell grant actually paid enough money to pay for four years of public university in a state university system. It no longer does that. Congress has cut those funds enough so that, you know, Pell Grant students are now, these are poor kids coming out of really, um, you know, working poor families, families that are are living on $30,000, $35,000 a year and whatnot. And this is the one break 
for their family, their kid going to college. It's really important. And they used to have a shot at doing it and coming out not being totally saddled with debt. Now, even now they are. Instance, so they're coming they out are. of this four-year university. They can't find a job because the economy sucks and they owe the federal government um, a, a lot of money. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, so, and now the federal government the federal government has actually begun to somewhat ease the terms of repayment. <clears throat> but if you got a private loan from a private bank or you got it from Sally uh, May, which is uh, Sally May is really going after student debt. And it used to be a sort of a semi-public, semi-private organization. It's now big for profit. Um, and they're, they're just sucking money out of students. And, and part of the problem here is they're getting students into debt that's not going to be paid off. If you if you were to go into debt and you got yourself a decent job coming out of college and you stayed employed, over time, going into debt to to send yourself to college would be worth it over your lifetime. You'd they reckon that going to college is worth about a half a million dollars more income over your lifetime than if you just graduate from high school. But it's got to be reasonably structured and it's got to be in a kind of a, a program that's actually going to give you the skills and the knowledge to put you on a track to get a job. And, but these for-profit things like the University of Phoenix, they have a disastrous uh, track record. Uh, they're all, not doing it. They're it just all, getting the money. They're just getting the, the money. Students. They don't care about the rest of it. It sounds like these trucking schools and secretarial schools where, you know, the, 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 these kids can't get into a, a private university. They can grab them and get those Pell Grants and get that money, but not like the University of Phoenix. I mean, you got the banksters behind the University of Phoenix. I mean, that's how... Yeah, yeah, I mean, there's prob- hmm? You probably don't have a lot of Pell Grant students at the University of Phoenix. I don't know what those numbers are. What are the qualifications to get into the University of Phoenix? Well, I mean, is it money? You, as long as you have the ability money? Ability to pay. Huh? Ability to pay. The ability yeah. to pay. So that you can yeah, be... Yeah, well, you probably you probably have to have some kind of a high school diploma. Uh, some either, kind of? You know, either a regular diploma or a GED and a general education certificate. Uh-huh. But, you know, so you've got... There's some minimum. But, but once you get, get that... Uh, and there are, let's face it, there there are a number of people coming out of high school uh, that are you know that are really kind of behind the curve. I mean, a lot of oh, a lot of them are. in America mm-hmm. are are doing a lot of remedial work, helping kids finish the high school courses they didn't really finish. You know, so but you have you have to have some kind of academic qualification. Well, back in our day, they, back in our day, they didn't have public universities, but they had private universities, and you had to have the g- grades to get in, uh, yeah. or otherwise you didn't get in. That was it. Yeah, well, you know, and part of it is that, that people know some of the economics that I just mentioned to you, that if you go to college and you finish college and you actually get good training, you know, your earning power over your lifetime is going to be better than if you don't go to college. But these, these some, of the, some of the educators are dedicated and they're good and they're doing a good job, but there are unscrupulous people out there and they're just simply making money. They're making a lot of money. Fear of people, if I don't go to college, I'm going to get ruined. And then what happens is the kids get into debt while they're in college and they can't afford to keep going. And so they have to take a part-time job and then they have to take a full-time job and then they're saddled with that and then they can't finish the course. I mean, notice what I said to you a few moments ago and it's on the website, Reclaim the American Dream, on the story about about the, about these private universities and so forth. You know, they have a 15% graduation rate. That means one out of seven kids is finished finishing, which means six out of seven kids are not finishing. That's a disaster. And they I still got to pay the loans back, too. And they still got to pay the loans back. <clears throat> and the school keeps getting $3 billion or more in federal loans every year. And that's what's paying the freight. 
And as you said, $600 million is going for advertising. I forget what they, the, I think the CEO, the president of the university is making something like $7 million. By the way, it's interesting. The CEO, uh, the CEOs of the for-profit private universities are making something like five, six, seven times as much as the presidents of the major state universities. I'm talking about University of California, University of Washington, University of Wisconsin, University of Ohio State University. Those guys are making around a million dollars a year, give or take a couple hundred thousand dollars. The other guys are making five, six, seven million dollars a year and their track record and their results are nowhere near as good. As right. The so, so, so and not even as good. By the way, the, the, some of these schools, the private universities, the track record is not even as good as community colleges. That's two amazing. Two-year colleges. And Renegade Nation, what we're talking about here is the future of this country, the American dream. That's what we're talking about. And they're already starting out in the hole going to these universities. It's amazing, and, but, they, don't, and, nobody knows, and they don't know what's going on themselves. The students know, but the majority of America does not understand what the hell's going on. But we also don't understand what the cost is to the rest of us. Stop and think about this, Richie. You know, I guess some people will hear what you and I are talking about, and they say, well, that's up to the students, that's up to their families. If they got taken for a ride by one of these universities, that's really their business, why should I care? Here's why you should care. Number one, those kids are our future. If those kids, if our next generation is not well-trained and educated, they won't be able to compete with the rest of the world, with Singapore, with South Korea, with Japan, with China, with Denmark, with Finland, with Germany, with France, all over the world, Australia, New Zealand. So number one, it's hurting our competitiveness, and that's going to cost us all. Number two, what's interesting, because the students are in such big debt, guess what? They're getting married later. When they get married later, they put it off for two or three years because they got this debt, and, and some of them are feeling responsible. I don't want to get married and, while well, I got a debt, and my the, my girlfriend's got a debt. We're going to start out a family deep in debt. Mm -hmm. That doesn't feel right. I feel like I should. So that's a responsible position. But when they put off marriage two or three or four years, guess what? They don't buy homes as soon. They don't buy refrigerators. They don't buy furniture. They don't buy all the big ticket items that are important in a home. And guess what? That cuts consumer demand in this country. And student debt is actually slowing the growth rate of the whole national economy. And I totally and agree student, with you, Hedrick. I mean, I mean, if people don't stop to think we're all paying a price for big student debt. We're all paying the Just price. Just not connecting the dots. We're paying the price for these greedy banksters making all the money, but they they don't care about the future. They care about right now how much money they can get in their pockets, but you're looking, Renegade Nation, at 10 years down the road, 15 years down the road, exactly what Hedrick's talking about. When you have marriage and you start to buy all the furniture and the appliances and the kids and you have births and you have parties, all this, all of it accumulates into the economy and makes the economy brighter and, and richer, but that's not going to happen if this continues with this mess with student loans and most all these students are in debt. When we come back with Hedrick, we're going to uh, get to the next part of this is how to get organized and how to start uh, getting various strategies together for your city and your town council and your state legislature, legislature and up to the federal level so you can start to make some moves on this and get them to listen to what you have to say. So we'll be right back. Hedrick Smith, Pulitzer Prize winning reporter, reclaimtheamericandream.org. You're listening to Richie and Marla at Renegade Talk and we'll be right back.
Stick this in your ear. The number one, the number one internet shock radio network. Shock me, shock me, shock me with that deviant behavior. Renegade, Renegade Talk Radio. Welcome Renegade Nation, Renegade Talk in Vegas where we don't sugarcoat shit. Hedrick Smith, our guest, Richie and Marla here. Marla's having a couple of technical problems. Hi, Marla. Hi, Richie. Hi, how you doing? Anyway. Hey, Marla, great to hear you. Great to hear you. Oh, you guys can hear each other now. Yes, you can hear oh, that's me. That's great. So we and a, must speak slowly. Speak and slowly. enunciate. And She's enunciate. Clicking through. I'm clicking through. You're clicking through, Marla. Okay. Enunciate clearly. Well, at least I, at least I clip, clicked up to you, Hedrick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, that's great. Marla. Anyway, as long as you guys have communication now. So Hedrick Smith, for a Pulitzer Prize winning reporter, New York Times editor, Pentagon Papers. You can read all about him. Has done a lot of stuff. Very smart guy, Renegade Nation. What's the name of his website? The name of the website is Reclaim the American Dream. Reclaim the... Dot org. Reclaim theamericandream.org. I'm going to have it on Renegade. Renegade Nation, you it's need to look at this website. You need to, yes, Marla? I was just going to comment. It's an excellent website. There's so much information. There's, there's, there's a lot of information you need to know about so you can get an idea of what's really going on and why you're in the crapper that you're in. This, this website explains to you in plain English what's going on. This is not what the media that does not tell you anything that's going on. They want to keep it a secret. They don't want they you to know. They want to keep us as obedient slaves. As obedient slaves as... Um, George Carlin. George said. Carlin once said. So anyway, <laughs> so Hedrick is going to explain to you how to start to organize and start a grassroots campaign in your city, in your town, in your in your state government to get these things to be changed. So we do have an America thirty years down the road, right, Hedrick? Absolutely, Richie. Well, you know, I think it's pretty clear that people are unhappy. We got a broken political system. We got an economic system that is lopsided uh, in favor of the super rich, the one percent, the, the big corporations, the multinationals, and so forth. And people are unhappy. And you can see it in every opinion poll, uh, no matter what the issue is. But people really don't have much of an idea what to do about it. They're frustrated. They feel powerless. They feel as though the, uh, the lobbyists and the special interests have captured government in Washington, and it's kind of hopeless. And so uh, how to get organized begins with understanding it's not hopeless, that in fact, certain things are going on. There are 28 states with a higher minimum wage than the federal. There are 27 states with public benefit corporations, which is a good deal for workers. There are 25 states that have some kind of public funding in their campaign to offset uh, mega money. California's got a great new campaign funding disclosure law. There are things happening around the country. The problem is people don't know. So the first thing is how to get organized is get informed, find out what the heck is going on. And that's why we've got this website, reclaimtheamericandream.org. I've been doing all this reporting, talking to people, pulling things down off the web, pulling them together to give them to folks out there. I'm not making a penny out of this thing. This is nonprofit. I'm a journalist um, in background, and so I'm interested in getting the information out there. So the first thing is get informed, and there's good information out there. The second thing is People say, how the hell can we change Washington? Look at it. The lobbyists are spending billions of dollars. The mega donors are in the campaigns. They're spending all this money. We can't possibly change it. Well, the first thing to do is to recognize. Second thing to do is to recognize. Start locally. 
don't try to jump to the top of Mount Everest. That's Washington, political Washington in the beginning. Start in the foothills. Start in your town. Start in your neighborhood. Start in your state. Start in your community. That's where you can begin to have an impact. You can get together with people who are like you, neighbors who have the same kind of problems, people in your community who are unhappy about the same things you're unhappy about. And we literally, on this webpage, we have a six- or seven-step process called getting started. And the first thing is start locally. And actually, that's a good thing because many of the problems we have in our national government actually can start to be fixed locally. Minimum wage, uh, the gerrymandering of politics, uh, of political districts, uh, the political money that's being spent, tracking dark money, all that kind of stuff that's affecting the way Washington works. It's the states where all that stuff starts. So that's what you want to do. And then then go on the, go on this website. Take a look. What issue is bugging you the most? We've started out with a half a dozen issues. We're going to add some more as, as the months go, weeks and months go by. But minimum wage, worker-friendly CEOs, uh, student debt, um, amending the Constitution to roll back the Citizens United decision to cut loose the Niagara of money, of corporate money that's now going into campaigns. You know, um, disclosure. Um, make the dark money come out in the open so we can see who's pulling the puppet strings of the politicians, you know. And, uh, you know, there are a whole bunch of states that actually have tax credits or, or a little bit of matching money for small donors so that ordinary folks like us can actually have an impact on the politicians. If you have a, have a, have a match, uh, for example, in Los Angeles, if you give $200, the city matches that with another $1,200. So suddenly your $200 becomes $1,400, and the politicians start paying more attention to you than if it was just 200 Or if you give 100 it's 600 So there, these are the kinds of things you can get involved in. And if you follow through, which is you saw going on the website, step-by-step step it tells you about the issue, about who's doing the same issue in other states and what they're doing, about who's achieved reform. We have success stories, so you can see on every single issue, some state, some area, some community that has done it all the way. They've gone, they won it, they've hit the jackpot. You can see how they did it, and then we've got a list of readings to read, and then more importantly, maybe we've got a list of organizations you can turn to and get help. This is, you remember Poplar Mechanics? Remember that? Yeah, 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 I remember that. Right? I mean, it told you how to make model planes and and go-karts and this and that and the other stuff. This is the political equivalent of that. It's basic write down how to not quite cut along the dotted line. It's not quite add water and and boil. But um, the idea is to make it as simple and direct as possible so ordinary folks can start to bring people power back into play and take the power away from the crony capitalists that have captured the government. Renegade Nation, reclaimtheamericandream.org. The goal here is to help you get started. And newcomers, uh, you need an entry point to various pathways of reform, so we're the gateway. And Hedrick's uh, here to explain all these issues on Renegade to take his time out to talk to you and to show you where things are happening and to tell you success stories. And also this website is to help you connect with organizations already at work on reform. So you need to get started. You need to get involved. If you want to get America back, get the American dream back. You got to go to this website. You got to go to reclaimtheamericandream.org so your kids and their kids will have a future here in our great country of America. And Hedrick, thank you so much for being on Renegade. We really appreciate it. I'd like to have you on again in the very near future. Right, Marla? Absolutely. Uh, Richie, it's always a great pleasure to be with you. Thanks. Thank you, uh, Hedrick. This is helpful to people. 
not easy, but we're trying to help you get started, give you a hand, and, and, and we just need to get the country back. We need to restore our democracy and reduce inequality and, and, and get rebuild people power. Yes. It's supposed to be exactly. a country built on people power. We need to you, build it back. You're right, and I remember you saying that in one of the last shows you did with us. Yeah, it's all <laughs> the people power, and, and people, you have the power. Power to the people, power John Lennon said. This is not about Democrat, Republicans. It's about getting our country back, getting these idiots out of office, and making sure this country is strong. Anyway, we're out of here. Hedrick, thank you so thank much. Thank you so much, Hedrick. Marla, have Look a great day. Look forward to talking to you again have a, soon. Have a, have a great weekend. You too. Uh, uh, we'll, be, we'll be back in touch. Okay. Sounds great, Hedrick. Thank you, Hedrick. Bye-bye. Take care. Come beating on your door.